welcome to another episode of the Hollywell Trust podcast. My name is Jared Dean and today we'll be looking at the work of Hollywell Trust but also of some of our partners as we're all still continuing to work on lockdown here as uh, as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. So we hope you're all staying safe uh, and hope that you're continuing to follow the guidelines that are helping to really reduce the impact um, of this crisis on our community. During this episode, we're going to hear from three organisations on how they're coping and how they've been impacted by the crisis. We're going to hear a conversation with Connor McGilloway from Foil Down Syndrome Trust, with Fiona Emetsu from Foil Obon and Connor O'Kane from Social Farms and Gardens. Um, so once we hear these interviews, which you'll hear back to back, uh, I'll be back at the end with a wee update on some of the work that Hollywell's doing. Karen McGilloway from Foil Down Standard Trust. How's the farm? Great to have you along us this morning. It's great to be here, Jared. Thanks very much um, for giving us a chance to chat. And can I also say thank you. Um, last year, as you would know, a group of our young people were, were involved in the Hollywell Stew. Um, they went on and uh, pitched an idea for a sensory garden for our younger, um, for our younger people. Mm. And they got up and they won. And the sense of achievement and the impact it had on their confidence and it was just fantastic. So just to give a wee update, man, that's flying now. Obviously, we can't we can get to get out the garden at the moment. Right. But I was up last week and everything's, you know, um, growing really well. There's just so many centric plants there. It's going to be brilliant when our people are able to get back into it. That's brilliant. Delighted to hear that. That's great. So, Connor, before we, uh, or let's kick off. For those people that don't know of the work of your organisation, can you tell them what it is that Foil Down Syndrome Trust does? Yeah, uh, well, for anybody that doesn't know, um, Foil Down Syndrome Trust, we're a locally based charity. Um, we're based in the Shared Future Centre in the Waterside there in Derry, London. Um, this is actually our 25th year. We were set up in 1995 uh, by a group of parents and carers and professionals. We basically felt that more needed to be done to help children and young people down syndrome. They lead full, independent, and productive lives. And to be fair, you know, we very much hold that same ethos today. Um, mm. We want to support children and young people of Down syndrome. They take the rightful place um, in society and they flourish. And we do this through a number of services to young people, um, from the ages of birth right up to adulthood. And I suppose, you know, we couldn't do this without the support we get from various funders. Um, so the likes of the National Outdoor Community Fund and Children in Need, we've had money um, from the Path Based Fund and from the likes of the Wilson Foundation but also from the support we get from parents and the community and volunteers in general as well. You know, we're very lucky to have the support from the city. Brilliant, brilliant. So, look, your group, like any other group, has been impacted, uh, but you're working with a particularly vulnerable group of people. Mm. How has COVID impacted on the work that you're doing and, and on your on your service users as well? Yeah, well, obviously, um, nobody's seen this coming. Um, mm. But as a team, you know, we were very keen... Um, to, to act very quickly start uh, to start with. Um, we we work obviously with an, a range of young people, as you said, a lot of them would have underlying health issues. We have to be very kind of mindful of that and how we operate. But as well as that, you know, we're engaging with over 100 families on a weekly basis. And for some of those young people, um, they would have maybe, you know, the likes of nearly 20 hours service provision. So they go from that just to immediately zero. Mm. Um, we were obviously very concerned about that. So. Pretty much immediately we moved online um, from week one of lockdown. We, we have been online and um, again, that's down there as a staff team, just being really proactive. Um, so we're very much trying to continue a level of service. Obviously, it's not the ideal level of service, but we're still doing a range of things. Um, 
as, and as I mentioned there, we're working from the from young people from uh, you know a number of months old, right up the uh, right up the adulthood. Um, we have we have one to one education with our education officers, which is a structured education program. We have um, music therapy with our music therapist, uh, Dr. Josie Nugent. And again, that's been offered out to a range of young people. Um, we have our Healthy Hearts and Minds program, which myself and the Fulton, where we focus on health and well-being, outdoor learning and mentoring. We have a social enterprise, which you may or may not be aware of. This is a, a recently um, new initiative. It's called Downright Crafty, which is right. people taking the lead. Uh, it's a printing enterprise. Um, so we're still offering all those services and, and more online. Um, as you all know, it's not easy. It's very much a learning process. And mm. as the weeks have gone on, as a team, we're trying to be um, as creative as we can and, and, and try and come up with you know, a program that's, that, that tries to meet the educational and social needs of the young people we're working with. Um, so to be honest, we're, we're getting on very well, I think. Um, we're still learning. We're still trying to improve. But... Um, so far, we're coping quite well, I think. Brilliant. That's, I'm delighted to hear that. And how's the, how's the young people themselves or your, your clients, if you like, how are they yep. coping with? Well, as, as I mentioned there, so some of our work's done on a one-to-one basis and some of mm. it's done um, on a group basis. So um, our one-to-one sessions, and I suppose I say one-to-one, but there's also parents and families involved, uh, that offers, that goes up to age seven. And then from ages eight up, we're, we're sort of operating in groups. So we have an 8 to 12 group, a 13 to 19 age group, and then two 20 plus uh, age groups. And we're, we're operating on a daily basis. Um, so those, those groups come in, we do it, we do it via Zoom. Mm. And to be honest, it's fantastic just for them to, to get the social connection that um, that these online pl- platforms allow. You know, it's great. And regardless of what we're doing, whether it's exercise or education or kitchen crafts or arts and crafts or, or, or you know dancing about the place whatever it is uh, it maintains that social connection it's so important for our young people still to get that and as I said there you know some of them were coming in five days a week or you know um, across a weekly basis anyway, and mm. go from all that to nothing it's just you know it could have been so devastating um, so for some of our young people and you know I don't say this lightly it's, it's been a real lifeline for them you know yeah, well, that's brilliant. I'm delighted that these are still going. And you seem to be as, as busy as ever. So, Connor, if people want to find out more about the work of the organisation, or I suppose even more importantly, if they want to donate to the organisation, what's the best way that they can go about that? Well, that's, that's very kind of you to say that. And I suppose, um, as I mentioned at the start, you know, we, we couldn't do what we do without the support we get from the general public. And even you're talking about funding there. Just recently, we had one of our parents... Um, Decided to just to come up with a fundraiser. It was called the um, the perfect fundraiser. So mm. the emphasis there being on raiser. So a number of like of our parents and young people and staff shaved their heads and they raised three thousand pounds. So initiatives like that, you know, yeah. just are so helpful during this time. And again, it's down to the efforts of the parents and the community that support us. Um, the easiest way to get us, I suppose, is um, we're on Facebook, or down to trust. You can also um, email us info. Um, at fdst.org.uk and certainly something I'll get back to you um, very sharpish. Brilliant. Connor, look, really appreciate you taking the time to update us and Thank best you, of luck with working with all the young people. Thanks very much, Jer. Thank you. So, delighted now to be joined by Fiona Umetsu from Foil Obon. Fiona, how's it for me? Not too bad, Jared. Not too bad. Thanking you. Good stuff. So, you're one of the other organisations that's based in our building. Uh, 
tell people that don't know of you, and I doubt there's very many, but tell people that don't know of you what it is that you do. So we, um, for Obon, we run a Japanese festival, um, an annual outreach program of Japanese cultural arts. Um, so we aim to use Japanese cultural arts as forces for good here in Northern Ireland. Um, and the festival would be our biggest um, our biggest thing. Then it should be happening tomorrow. Oh, heartbreak. Tomorrow is heartbreaking. Mm. Well, it's two one day, anyway. We did all take a look out the window this morning and go. We uh, yeah. Might have had a postpone. Okay. So, how the COVID nineteen crisis then has impacted everybody? How has it impacted on on yourselves? You're saying really obviously the first thing is your festival's cancelled. First thing, the festival was. Uh, postponed slash cancelled. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're all going uh, postponed. We'll go with postponed. Um, <laughs> and um, we, yeah, it was, it was it was a bit of a scramble with, you know, it was like, well, what do we do now? How do we do this? So all of our outreach, um, Taiko Drummond uh, isn't exactly, you know, the most house friendly, um, <laughs> basically. Uh, no one had a drum. No one had drumsticks. Um, people are trying to work in the house, so maybe they don't want their kid next door battering on um, a bucket with some, <laughs> with some wooden spoons, but they're doing uh, um, So there was, the first thing was just, our first instinct really was just about how do we connect with people? How do we keep everybody that we have in our groups and our, we call it our Obon family, how do we keep everybody connected? And in the very beginning, we thought it was maybe a couple of months um, that, you know, we'd all be coming back together. So it was like, right, mm. how do we keep people connected, keep them learning what they would be learning so that when we came out the other end, we would still be able to have our festival and people would be able to get on stage and perform. So um, that's kind of what we did. We just took our taiko drum classes um so there's five or six of those a week um and we put them online we run them through zoom um and uh, so far that's been going really really well there are a few issues of course with you know kids that maybe don't have access to the tech kids yeah. um people's broadbands uh people in rural donegal aren't really best placed people in rural Derry aren't best placed either for for wi-fi and um, also there's things of you know, maybe your mom is using the computer when the class is scheduled. So we're there's a lot of different issues and we're still kind of doing our best to kind of work around as much as we can. Um, we started off um, every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning at 11 o'clock. Um, we started off doing, it's called Radio Taiso. And it's been, it happens every day in Japan. Uh, and I think it was like 50, 60 years ago or maybe longer. Um, they started doing these like radio stretches to keep everybody keep your spirits up and keep everybody right. flexible um so when we we kind of thought we were thinking about all of our our japanese families and everybody we're all really spread out and we thought oh we'll do this for the crack to kind of keep everybody together and have a bit of a giggle um and then it's kind of expanded out so we're doing three three mornings a week it's five minutes people come on um we have a bit of a laugh check in everybody okay grand jobs and then we do a bit of stretching and then that's it so and it, people feel like our committee and uh, dancers and people are ra very random, you know, just people uh, that we go, hold on, do this, show the cracks. <laughs> um, so it's been really nice. That has been a really nice new <laughs> development to come out of it. Um, yeah. But everything, can, it, it kind of feels that uh, everything, we're kind of making it up as we go along and it's going to change every week. 
depending on what's relevant and what the needs of, of, of the people we're working with are and what the needs of um, our staff yeah. <laughs> I love saying staff sounds massive, but you know. Aye, uh, well, that's, well, how are you coping? It's how you fighting the remote working because it's it's a bit different to being and around Hollywell, surrounded yes. by other people. It is very different. Um, so we have, of course, we have our Hollywell WhatsApp group, which mm. is lovely. Lots of gifts and memes. Fabulous. And uh, recipes. Kevin is doing a lot of yeah. recipes. Um, so, no, um, it is really weird not seeing people. And it's strange um, having to do everything from your living room. Um, and, you know, you just, you do, you just miss the, miss the office. Miss the yeah. printer. Never thought I would say that. <laughs> but I miss the printer. <laughs> um, it's very quick printing. Um it is. It's, it was. It's a lovely place, Hollywood. It's just a lovely bunch of people that, that that work in there, and it's always. It always feels very vibrant and very alive. There's always things going on, so you definitely do. Hmm. Do miss that. Yeah, mostly myself. Okay, so if people need to get you, Fiona, and need to get in touch with yourself or not, what's yeah. the best way of doing it? Best way is to either email Oban on the file, all the one big long word at gmail.com, O-B-O-N, not O-B-A-N, O-B-O-N, um, or we're on Twitter um, or Facebook or Instagram. We've been torturing people because we're there's a few, uh, you know, we have a few, bit, a little bit more time in our hands. So we're like, oh, we could be doing that. We could be putting up hmm. lovely haiku poetry and we could be, you know, so we've been sharing lots of different stuff on the social medias um, and all the photographs that we can put up to remind people that tomorrow should have been a really lovely festival. Uh, uh, so, yes, you can, get us, you can get us anywhere. We're kind of hard to avoid. Brilliant. Well, Fiona, good luck on the rest of it and we'll Thank see you back you. in the building soon. Will do, Jared. Thanks a million. Right. Stay safe yeah, now. Stay soon. Bye. I'm joined now by Connor O'Kane from Social Farms and Gardens. Connor, how's it for me? That's not so bad, not so bad. The good well is helping. Aye, it, it sure does, it sure does. So for people that mightn't be too familiar with uh, your organisation, you are new and they are building and we're delighted to have you. Can you remind people what it is that you do? Yeah, well, Social Farms and Gardens were a, a UK-wide charity and our aim is really to help everybody reach their ultimate potential through nature-based and gardening activities. That's, that's the mission statement, really, you know. So, and, and really what that comes down to is working, supporting people in community gardens and allotment and in school gardens and in, and, and in all projects, you know, that, uh, that would have gardening or nature-based activities as part of their delivery. Right. So, like most other community organisations, uh, you are involved in bringing people together, which I'm sure has grown to a halt due to COVID. Uh, how, how have you been impacted? Well, we we were massively impacted, and that the the you know what I'm funded under is um, a national Lottery's, uh community fund project called Grown Resilience, and uh, what we're funded to do is to work with community gardens and getting them to work with each other. So it's peer-to-peer learning, learning from each other, upskilling, and having lots of activities. It all involves bringing lots of people to places together. So you looked at that, and it was like, we cannot deliver our program 
mm-hmm. and the way that it was envisaged. You know, we started the Lovernet, but had a, a lovely initial meeting up in the Hollowell Trust, and then we'd gone out and we'd done our first Skillshare uh, back in January. And um, and then uh, the rest of the program just had to say, we can't do this. So uh, we were a very supportive funder, and Jerome, um, and we were able to very quickly turn around um, a way that we saw that we could use our funds to to help the groups that we were working with. We were able to talk to them all. Uh, we were we scaled ourselves up very quickly on on Zoom, so that uh, you know we were having a lot of face to face meetings, uh, both with myself and the Belfast team and with the UK wide team, and then also with the other groups that, that we would work with. Um, that allowed us to to then change uh, the change the program really from community gardening to gardening in the community. So we were trying to get people to to, to move it move it outwards, you know, and, and and how to how to bring those skills and those resources to the people who were stuck at home and needed them. Brilliant. And and how's everybody been adapting? Everybody's been adapting extremely well. Um most people who are involved in, in gardening and, and in community organizations generally, as you know, are very resourceful and adaptable people. Mm. You know, and you know they're all well used to to make and do with less than ideal circumstances, often for many years. And uh, so, whenever this comes along, it's not a case of oh, we can't do. It's like right, how do we do? What needs to be done? And uh, I, I say that the the response has been fantastic. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of learning how to be done quickly and how to operate safely. Um, yeah. You know how to, to to bring in the social distance and how to make sure everybody was secure and and well. And then, all right, how can we how can we not let the gardens die? And how can we then bring the gardens to their fullest potential? And really, what that was involving was, you know, getting hold of plants that were going to die within other organisations or shops. You know, get them rehome them, which we did a, a couple of. Uh, Couple of sessions there, one up on Craigan, and then one out through the Waterside Community Partnership. Uh, so we got a lot of gardening packs and seeds and small plants out to people very early on. You know, we we're probably with the first organisation to do that. Mm. Um, and then we were, then, then we diverted onto a thing called lockdown gardening. Um, I, I basically started doing uh, videos, um, set up a wee garden at the house myself because. Uh, I really didn't have a, a growing space here, and it was like, right, change that round, start growing stuff, start on it, and putting that out. And they've been getting, you know, some of it over ten thousand hits on uh, YouTube and Facebook. You know, so it was a, there was a big appetite there for it. You know, people have really, really um, jumped onto gardening and food gardening, particularly in a way that they've never done before. Um, so we wanted to make sure that they could get those resources. A lot of seed companies were sold out. We managed. To, to get hold of like bulk seeds, you know, from from good organic suppliers, uh, split those up, get those out there groups, and get our groups to distribute those out to, to not just to their members, but to people within their community that wanted them. And then we've got uh, so and then we've got all our groups which are growing those plants all at the moment, and then they'll be distributing the plants to people in the community who want to grow them on as well. So we're we're about extend on the range of the gardening. Just from the people who were to come through the gates initially, to to seeing the the whole community working together in order to increase the amount of green, increase the amount of growth, and to, to back up the food security that that we really saw how fragile that mm. infrastructure 
uh, Channel B. Um, I, I think that's and going on to the future. There's a lesson to be learned out of that. That we, you know we need more food security. We need to be producing more of our stuff locally. We don't want to be dependent on people. You know, a lot of them are be flowing in from, you know, from countries and you know not paid particularly well, achieved particularly well to grow. You know, to, to gather a lot of stuff and uh, and we kind of go on. Okay, you know. What we're dealing with the situation we've got, how can we go forward in a more sustainable, fairer and kinder way into the future? Brilliant. Connor, that's all brilliant. So if people are looking to get in touch, maybe they talk with you directly or they find out a wee bit more, what's the best way of doing that? Yeah, well, you know, you can get in touch with us um, on the, the website. Uh, we've got uh, Social Farms and Gardens. It's www.farmgarden.org.uk. And you can follow the links through the Northern Ireland group. And uh, for anybody in the Northwest, um, I would sort of get a contact here. And then you've got uh, Patricia and Maria up in Belfast. We've also got a Facebook page, which is Social Farms and Gardens Northern Ireland. And there's a fair amount of stuff comes up on that. We're actually doing um, a seed swap tonight uh, from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock. You know, you can you can find the links and register for that, you know, via the, via the Facebook page, you know, yeah. onto our website. So we're getting people... Uh, who are not able to meet up, but who've got excess seeds and want to uh, swap them with other people, and there's quite a good uptake on that. Um, we're, you know, very, very, very open to chatting with people who wish to maybe think about setting up a community garden in their area or extend the range of what they're doing at the moment, because that that's the big conversation. You know, how, how do we, how do we, how do we move forward? How do we help? organisations that want to do more gardening and do more growing and for people to find some of the peace that, that, that they're finding through this lockdown time. Mm. Um, you know, gardening's helped a lot of people. You know, a lot of people have had awful strain, stress to be under and they've, they've found some solace in the garden and, uh, and we'd hope that they'll be able to keep it. Brilliant. Connor, thanks a million for letting us know what you're up to. Sure, chat to you soon. It's great, and uh, it'll, it'll be lovely to get back in at some point. You know, yeah. sorry, you, you, you must have cracked, don't you? You know, just the, it's the wee conversations that, uh, that, that happen, you know. Uh, but uh, I've been following a few online, and it's good to see everybody still doing well. Okay, so that was the interviews uh, with Fiona and the two Connors there, and thanks to them for the updates. Really interesting. Great to see there's so much still happening. Great to see the resilience in the community and that there's so many efforts still happening to support local people. So moving on then to talk about Hollywell. Just to remind people, we're still planning on opening our building again at some point, so we've been putting a lot of effort on recently to look at how we can do that in a safe manner and that that's been ongoing but i suppose one of the more exciting pieces of work that we're working on is finger post and we've been threatening to talk about this for a while but finger post was a community magazine that served dairy for almost 30 years and we're reinventing it over the next month or so as a website and if you'd like to get involved uh, we'd love to hear from you if you go to fingerpost.ie you'll find out a wee bit more information but we want to replicate a lot of the stuff that was on the original magazine. So on our new website, you'll be seeing editorial and opinion pieces. There'll be creative writing. We hope to have a community focus, maybe even a focus on the artist of the month. But there'll also be links to other podcasts, essays and local publications and things like that. So we'd love to hear from you if you're interested. If you want to get in touch by email, it's yes 
yes at fingerpost.ae um, or just go on the site and you can have a wee look for yourself. So we hope to have the first episode done over the next few weeks and there's already a few pieces and the works and we're really looking forward to sharing them with you. On another note, we have our other podcast, the Forward Together podcast that we do uh, in partnership with Paul Gosling. Um, as you know, there's new episodes come out every Monday on that and it, there's associated articles that appear in the Slugger Tool website as well that are written up by Paul to complement each of the episodes. So, as I say, look out for these on a Monday. If you subscribe to this podcast that you're listening to now and to the Forward Together podcast, they'll automatically update on your phone as well. So please take the time to subscribe, um, share with others where you think appropriate for anybody else that you think might be interested in our work or any of the, the work of our partner organisations. So apart from that, stay safe and we'll catch up with you again soon. <laughs>